Hi everyone, welcome to the diagram. It's Jason, your friendly neighborhood relationship coach. Today is our final conversation about financial wisdom. So we're talking today about budgeting as a tool. I'm just gonna give you a basic breakdown of how to do your first budget. If you've been budgeting for years, you might not find this that helpful, but for a lot of people, they hear the term budget and they get scared of it. Some of my friends call it the B word. Anyway, so a budget. The first time you do a budget, my suggestion is that you do what I call a it is what it is budget. And it is what it is budget is not where you're trying to figure out how you should be spending money. It's where you're trying to figure out what you are spending your money on so that at a later date, you can adjust it to meet some of your goals. The reason that I like doing this is a lot of people like to do their budget out of their head the first time and they run into all kinds of problems. They don't actually know what a budget is, but I'll explain and I think it'll, my explanation will help people understand what I mean by a budget. So the first thing you need to measure when you're doing your budget is your income. Anything that brings money into your household is income, whether it's a job after tax and deductions. So writing down what your income is before your deductions, it doesn't make any sense because between you and me and the wall, if they take money off your check before you get it, you don't get that money. Um, any dividends you get, money from side hustles, checks, whether those checks are from the government, family members, from your trust, all of these things are income. You take all of that and you should round that total down to the nearest 100. Why do you round down the money that is coming in? You round down the money that's coming in because just in case if anything happens, you still have similar to that income. When you are out here and you're trying to make a budget, the, the, the pennies and dollars shouldn't matter that much for a grown person. And if they do, then that's the reason that you need to adjust your budget. Number two, you need to measure your expenses. Your living expenses, for example, are your rent, your mortgage, your household bills, the food you eat every day, travel to and from work. If you have a car, your car, whether you lease that car or whether you bought the car outright, the car itself, the repairs for that car. Um, if you take the bus, it's your bus pass. Um, the gas that goes in your car, the insurance that you need for that car. All of those numbers should be in your expenses. Uh, also, everyone in the house has these costs and should be included in your budget if you pay for them. Everyone has a cost. I've worked with couples on their budget before and either party is trying to say that they don't really have a cost. You need to take a step back and look at what is spent on you whether you're the one who spends it or not. As long as it's spent on you, it should be included in the household's total budget. Also, you need to log how much your expenses are for entertainment, um, dining out, TV, subscriptions, whether it's Amazon, Netflix, or whether it's for a magazine, an online magazine, a newspaper, um, regular dates that you and your partner go on. I'm talking about planned dates, Many couples that I work with have a date night at least once a week or every couple weeks. That should be on your budget. There should be an amount that you know you're going to spend for those date nights. Incidentals. 
Incidentals are unplanned things that happen frequently enough. Examples of incidentals are birthdays, social outings, car repairs. These are things that you don't know how much they're going to cost and you should be clocking how much they do cost you so that when you come back to do this budget, you can say how much you should be putting aside for them. So for this, you're going to write down a number that you think it is. And later on, you're going to look back and see what it really is. Try to use the month before and say, okay, well, I had three friends with birthdays and each birthday costs, we go to the birthday party or the friend's dinner and we bring a gift or food or whatever. How much does that cost you? So for all of your expenses, I want you to round this up to the nearest hundred. For the same reason that we round down our income, we round up our expenses because we want to make sure we have enough to cover them. Your expenses probably go up every year because things just generally cost more every year. Anyway, um, the other thing you want to map is any savings that you're doing regularly. Any saving at all. So you want to think about there are different vehicles we use for saving. A savings account is generally safe and it's for near term use. What are the things that you don't you don't want to lose the money for? You know the bills are coming. You might get paid at the first of the month and the bills are due by the 15th. You don't really need an investment per se for that. You just need the money to be there. These are your savings. Separately, you have an emergency account, hopefully. If you don't, you should get one. It's for incidentals that are significant. Um, someone in the family gets sick or dies, you have to travel. I hate to be, um, you know, on the sad tip, but this is something that happens and you have to be able to, to do what you need to do. Major car repairs. If you have an older car that's not under warranty, a car repair will cost you anywhere from $400 up into the thousands of dollars. Home repairs. If you own a home, the washer, the dryer, the roof, the floors, the walls, they all need maintenance from time to time. And that will require major amounts of money that we don't typically have sitting around. There's also large purchases that you may have to make. Even if you're renting a home, a lot of people pay a portion of um, repairs in, in their lease. If you didn't read your lease, there's typically something that says repairs up to $30 or repairs up to $80. It's your job to make those repairs. Things like light bulbs, things like minor plumbing, you got to get the drains cleaned. That's something you are responsible for, not your landlord in many cases. And then last but not least for savings, investments. An investment is anything that you buy that you hope will be worth more before you have to sell or liquidate it. So yes, stocks, ETFs, bonds, real estate, typically not the real estate that you live in. We're talking about investment properties can be investments, um, whole businesses. People have businesses that they're growing and hoping to get to a certain point if you watch the Shark Tank so that they can sell it off. Tangible items that we collect. Some people it's comics, some people it's records, but people collect all kinds of items, clothing, the shoe game. Some of you are into the shoe game where you're buying something and you're hoping to be able to sell it off for more later on. So when you're doing your initial budget, it's good to have a third party come in and not do it alone. 
There are online questionnaires that you can use. You can work with experts. There are people who are very good at asking the right questions to get the information out of you as far as what you really spend on things. Unfortunately, we all have what I'll call a narrative. The narrative is the story that we tell ourselves and tell other people. And the narrative is not typically the truth. The narrative is something that we believe is true, but when we're questioned, we get more clarity on what we're actually doing in life. So bringing in somebody who is an expert and is not attached, there shouldn't be any shame in doing this exercise. It's a fact-finding exercise. Um, if, you, if you don't have the means to work with an expert, there are questionnaires online that you can use. Or if you have a bank, the bank may have someone who will do a budget with you that is included in the fees that your bank charges you. So you may as well use that. Just a, a tip there where you can get this done without costing it, it costing you a lot of money. So you want to record this first and check back. The temptation when we do budgets, like I said before, is to just pull them out of our head and then say, okay, we need to change this, that, and the other thing. The challenge with that is, is that you leave yourself open to, like I said before, the narrative, not just about what you are doing, but about what you want to do. You need to pull out the bills and receipts and credit cards. If you're a couple, doing it together helps because your partner knows things about you and they'll think, well, what about your in-game cash? What about those shoes you bought when you wanted to go to that concert? So not that we need to be judging each other when we're doing these things, but we do need to be in a place where we're having a real conversation about the money that we spend without hiding things from ourselves. So after you've done it, you want to go back later and check to see if you gathered all the correct data. What does this mean? When you say, oh, well, I only spend $100 a month going out with my friends, you should be able to go look at your bank statement next month, or you should be able to um, keep the receipts for the things you do. That's also a good exercise for a week or two months. And you, you, can, you can go back and look and say, actually, we spend a lot more than that when we're doing this thing. And it's, it can be an eye-opener when you look back at your credit card statement or your bank statement or your receipts, which is what I suggest you do before you come back and look at this. Sometimes even looking at it just the next day can help, but I would suggest something like at least a couple weeks and coming back and looking at it and saying, okay, you know what, realistically, this budget doesn't really represent what I or we spend. So take the time to look back at it with fresh eyes is what I'm saying. Once you've taken the time to look back at it with fresh eyes, then you can tweak it. Then you can work on things. Unless there's a financial emergency, leave the budget alone for now. You want to live it and see if the amounts that you initially said are correct or even realistic. Once you've done that, then you can look back at it. Then you can see what you need to change. Suggestions when you come back to this budget is that you prioritize the things that you actually care about. What do I mean by that? If you're overspending on birthday dinners, you need to look and say, am I actually enjoying this? Do I, do I enjoy this, these people that I'm having dinner with? Sometimes the answer is no, and then we need to adjust it. If you're driving a, a car that 
sucks a bunch of fuel, but you don't love driving it, you might want to get a more efficient car or a more fuel efficient way of getting to work. Um, even when we go out to dinner, sometimes we spend a lot of money on dinners that we're not even enjoying. Um, and we should adjust not necessarily where we're going or how much we're spending, but we adjust how we're spending that money that we're going out to dinner. You don't want to create a budget that makes you feel awful and hate your life. You do want to create a budget that helps you and your partner reach your goals without shame, guilt, and hardship. So like I said, take these steps, look at your budget, then take the time to look back at it later and make decisions that work for your life. I hope this helps. Have a great day. Bye.